0: Good evening and welcome to season two of Fury Tales, the podcast dedicated to providing you with chilling tales and the history behind all your favorite fears and frights. I'm the host that never clowns around, Paul Dennis. Chorophobia, the fear of clowns, there are websites dedicated to that. Sites like net and Clowns.com. They act as the villains in many horror movies, used as ways to tempt the young and shatter the innocent memories of adults. Nobody is quite certain how far back the fear of these typically goofy and silly characters began, but one thing is for certain, this is one of the biggest fears people claim to have. This week, I'm going to be covering these wickedly fun characters and tell you a tale of how a young babysitter discovers for herself just how frightening they truly can be. Join me now as we find out how this young girl finds out the truth behind The Clown Statue. Now, grab a warm drink for this cool night lock the doors check under the bed and in the closet settle into your favorite seat and listen closely it's time for another fairy tale many years ago there lived a wealthy couple who had two young children. They lived in a large house along the coast, just out the outskirts of a major city. Every so often, when the kids had been particularly wild or defiant, the parents would decide they needed a break and would go out to a nice restaurant to have dinner, leaving them with a babysitter. One particular evening, they made the decision to have their break and date night. They arranged for a trusted and dependable young girl to come and babysit for them, since she's babysat for other friends of theirs. After the introduction to the children, they finished getting ready to leave as they gave her directions, advising her to fix the supper for the kids and to put them to bed shortly after. After she was done, of course, she was free to watch TV and have anything from the fridge. Opening the door, they stepped out with one final request. The mother recommended having her watch TV in their room. The kids had been having nightmares, so with their room being closer, she could hear them and respond quickly. The girl agreed and bid the parents goodbye and to enjoy their night together. The night moved along as any typical night a babysitting would go. The girl played with the children make them dinner, gave them milk and cookies. Soon it was bedtime, and she ushered them into their room, reading them a bedtime story. It didn't take long before her soft voice lulled them into a deep sleep. She tucked them in, turned off the lights, and went to the parents' bedroom, ready to enjoy some television time. She makes her way into the bedroom, Using the light from the hallway to navigate, finding the remote, and settling into the large, king-size bed. Settling in, she began texting her friends, watching whatever was on their streaming service, not really paying attention. The light from the TV helped to illuminate the room, and she noticed an odd shape in the corner of the room, tall and stock still. Pulling up the flashlight on her phone, she illuminated the shape and jumped back, a small yelp escaping from her lips, followed by a nervous laugh. Standing there, looking over the bed, was a clown statue. The paint appeared to be worn and faded, bringing a creepy element to the happy face. The red appeared to be brighter than the rest, making it look like it had blood covering its mouth. She laughed again, lowering the light, and texted her friends about the statue. As time passed, the babysitter started to feel more and more uneasy about the statue. While watching the TV, she felt as if it it's its cold, lifeless eyes were staring straight through her. Every time she looked back at it, she got the unsettling feeling that it had moved ever so slightly. The stare bothered her so much that she finally put a sheet over the statue and hoped to break that glare. She laid back down, trying to ignore the sheet-covered clown, but panic began to settle in at the tension when the phone downstairs rang, causing her to scream and rush down to answer. It was the father of the children calling to check in and let the girl know that they were running later than intended. She acknowledged him, a little more tense knowing she was going to have to endure staying, knowing the statue was still in the house. Upstairs, a faint thump could be heard. It must be one of the children, she thought to herself. The father continued to talk to her, explaining the situation a little more and apologizing. A creak sounded this time the girl trying to focus on the father's words, waiting for an opening. Finally, the father began to close the call and the girl blurted out in panic. She asked him if she could finish the night watching TV downstairs. The clown statue in their room was starting to really creep her out. He laughs, confused, repeating her words, clown statue? The air begins to feel heavy around her pressure setting in. She repeats herself, telling him she had to put a sheet over the clown statue in their room. He pauses, the hair on the back of her neck prickling in fear, her neck itself hot now. His words come in harsh and demanding. Get out of the house right now, he says, I'm calling the police. We don't have a clown statue. The call disconnected as the color drained from her face. She turned around to get the children and slammed into a large shape. Looking up, she could see the worn-out white face, the horrible blood-red makeup now stretched into a smile, and the once lifeless eyes now bright and mean. A scream escaped her lips just as the knife the clown was holding came down. That poor, poor girl. I guess when they said that the job had killer pay, wasn't quite what they meant. This particular urban legend first appeared in 2004, as titled "The Babysitter and the Clown Statue." Like most urban legends, especially around the time of the 2000s, uh, when internet and email started becoming a more popular way of communicating, uh, the story was passed around through email chains and eventually Facebook, all following the same trends. It uh, discussed that, of course, it was years before people were talking about it. Uh, They always had a wealthy family, large house. Uh, The kids varied. It was sometimes two, sometimes more, sometimes less, but they were always, you know, can't have a babysitter without kids. So they would Uh, Of course, leave her alone. Uh, Sometimes the clown statue would be in the kid's room. Sometimes it would be in their room. Sometimes it was a deranged midget serial killer. Sometimes it was just a crazy guy. Um, The difference between our story tonight and the actual urban legend and what the emails would state is that the... Uh, The kids would end up making it out of the house. They would chase down the clown and discover, you know, they were just a crazy person who had possibly been coming into the house and doing inappropriate things of course Uh, similar to some other urban legends such as the man upstairs Uh, same concept babysitter home alone with the kids um she starts getting these calls where the some man is terrorizing her saying you need to go check on the children and she thinks it's a joke and you know the calls start getting more frequent more sinister and finally she calls the cops and they trace the call and they find out that the calls were Coming from inside the house. So it brings about this fear of being home alone, being in a strange location, having to take care of people, and threats from inside instead of outside. So these kinds of stories just were passed around. And this one's particularly memorable just because of the fact that it is a clown statue. Uh, which, as I discussed in the intro, the fear of clowns, coulrophobia, is one of those anomalies that people just, you either get it or you don't. Uh, if you're scared of them, the fear is so real for, for you and anyone else that goes through this fear. Uh, particularly a lot of people, like Way well, won't even go to circuses or they have to sit in the back because they're afraid a clown will even come near them. Uh, this fear is so ingrained, but it's something that's not even recognized in a lot of medical texts and a lot of reports. It, it's a real word. It's a real thing, but people just don't understand where it comes from. A 2008 study showed that more than 250 children disliked hospital decor that featured clowns. Uh, They're always talking about them. They're cited as frightening and unknowable. So things that we think kids would be more than happy to enjoy sometimes comes off as unintentionally frightening. Uh, When we look at clowns in general, we we see a lot of examples in in real life on how clowns have impacted society. Uh, One of them, there's a a clown statue itself in St. Louis. It's 15 feet and centered in a shopping mall that has been renamed by the local citizens Scary Clown Plaza because it's kind of a frightening statue. Uh, You have metal bands, uh, one in particular slipknot that... One of their members dresses as a clown. They all wear masks, and his started out as a Halloween mask that he just picked up at the mall. He spent 50 bucks because he just found it super unsettling and creepy. Uh, And it's evolved over the years in different forms, but it's always maintained this theme of the clown figure inside of him. Uh, Another member of the band, Jim Root, dresses as a jester which they have their own lore and their own background in terms of clown-like characters. Uh, Not quite the same as the clowns, but there's a lot of lore that we can dive into there. Of course, there's always been creepy clowns that show up, that are aside from the classic circus characters. In 1981, there was a series of what they called phantom clowns. Uh, these consisted of a lot of men dressing up as clowns, trying to lure children away or into their vans. It's when kidnapping started to become more and more prevalent Uh, following a lot of events that happened in the 60s and 70s it started around late april and may a lot of reports came in from around the boston area of men in the clown costumes terrorizing young kids showing up at inappropriate places showing up at their schools the woods Uh, one report of a clown figure and a couple other mass figures and the clown was naked from the waist down so not very nice men and a lot of kids reported it but nobody really caught on why they were called the phantom clowns the reports moved from boston to kansas city where there was actually a van a yellow van that police had found and reported going to all kinds of schools about seven of them around the kansas city area the cops tracked it down and chased it but it eluded them and they never saw from it again The reports moved all across the country, typically around the northeast, mid-east, Chicago area, things like that. Finally ended up in Pittsburgh with a few more sightings. Nothing really happening with it, uh, but it did end at the close of 1981 and nobody ever heard of anything again. Uh, There was an instance in 1990 where a woman answered the door and was shot by a clown. That's what people saw and reported. Uh, Nothing really else happened despite the popularity of clowns and the use of them in, in a lot of horror things, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, until 2016 that's when we really started to see this epidemic come alive of clown sightings now it could have been in regards to a rob zombie movie that was coming out around the same time and then a year later we had the it remake being worked on so there was definitely an interest in clowns that was drumming up the first sighting was in south carolina in august of 2016 a young boy said that he saw a clown near his house in the woods trying to get him to come over so of course he told his parents he wasn't about to go get into that uh, and then are right around mid-October, that's when it really heightened up. The, the spike in the reports and everything that people were seeing started coming in. This was most of the continental United States, nine provinces of Canada, and 18 different countries all had reports coming in of clowns stalking the area, a lot of them vandalizing things, some chasing people because they were armed, some making threats, things like that. They'd hang out near forests and schools, of course, parks where kids were. Were around, of course. Uh, many of the sightings were revealed to be pranks, catching on to the trend that had started, and of course, the YouTube movement where people want to show off or be part of the trend made it worse. Uh, some did result in arrests for violence, robberies, and a few threats on schools, like I mentioned. Now, the thing is, what many believe is this has links to mass hysteria, stating that while there may have been a few legit reports, of course, and some recorded sightings, a lot of it was sensationalized due to the already prominent fear of clowns. Basically, people wanting to say that they've seen this to try to catch popularity, or people who would actually join in because they wanted to be part of this. Now, the Biggest thing, and this is what I mentioned about events happening in about the 60s and 70s to cause this fear of children going missing, was the case of John Wayne Gacy. Now, Gacy was a serial killer. Uh, he was active between the years of 1972 and 1978 in the greater Illinois area near Chicago, but uh, he branched out a few times. Uh, with him, his victims were all male. Uh, he had about 33 that they knew about he was convicted for 14 of them and there could have been many more uh, because he hid them in different places in the river and crawl space under his house things like that the biggest reason why he's remembered is first off because of his victim type with the young males uh, kidnapping them and taking them through violent means but also because he had an alter ego he never used the alter ego to actually commit the crimes But he was called the killer clown due to this penchant for performing at parties and events as the alter ego, Pogo the Clown. So this really solidified a lot of the fear that came with clowns. Even though the clown itself was a separate entity in Gacy's mind, people knew. People knew that Gacy was a clown, thus clowns aren't as safe as people would expect them to be. This led into a period of time where authors and directors and filmmakers would all start to implement clown-type characters to drive the plot of scary or creepy clowns. Uh, One of the first ones was actually created in 1940, introduced to be a one-time arch-nemesis of Batman. They had planned to kill him off in the first issue, just kind of introducing him but moving things along, but his popularity made him able to stick around and he did become the arch nemesis that many people know him as He is called the Clown Prince of Crime because he dresses in a kind of Joker clown outfit. A lot of it is to paint, crazy hair colors, a colorful suit. His tricks include things like laughing gas and big surprise presents, just things that you would associate with clowns, except he would do it to get what he wanted, either robbery, things like that create chaos. Uh, He's a very strong foil to the Batman character where, Batman is dark and mysterious The Joker is definitely more chaos A very big foil here uh, he's been betrayed by many actors, uh, some voice actors, but the biggest ones were the live action that gave him a bigger personality. The first was Cesar Romero, who starred as Joker in a Batman TV show in some of the movies in the 60s. Uh, he became more of a goofy trickster character. He was still a little bit threatening, and he worked with a lot of the other villains to accomplish the task. But you could see the whole show in general was a little bit more of a goofy take on it, so the Joker followed along the same line. Uh, the next person was Jack Nicholson. He was in the 1989 Tim Burton movie. His Joker had a permanent grin due to chemical damage, setting up another kind of backstory for the character. He was still silly. He had the tricks. He had the presence, He did all this. And of course, in Tim Burton fashion, they were really over the top. But he was definitely very sinister. And this led to Heath Ledger. When he became the Joker, he actually tried to do something the same as nicholson but wanted to make them even darker and bigger so in the 2008 movie the dark Knight*, uh, ledger portrayed the joker in probably one of the darkest iterations of the characters in any of the live action settings closer to how the 1980 comics were run especially the killing joke his clown paint was really worn chipped it was smeared Uh, it all showed the The insanity of this character that nobody else was able to emulate really selling that clown fear as well as that insane issue that people seem to associate with somebody who might want to be a clown. The next one we're looking at is the Poltergeist Clown Doll. Now, this was first appeared in the 1982 movie by the same name. A relatively unknown character, really a supporting character. There's some arguments over whether it is part of the beast that haunts the house, or if it's his own thing. Uh, In the beginning of the movie, near the beginning, the kid, Robbie, covers it with a jacket, saying it's way too creepy to even look at. Uh, So later on, while everyone's dealing with the ghost, things are happening. Robbie wakes up to find the statue gone, like completely gone, missing. So he goes to find it. He's looking under his bed. He's looking around. He comes back up, and there's the statue. Uh, Latches onto him, grabs him. They fight. They wrestle. It gets on top of him. It's strangling him. Uh, Luckily, in this case, he's able to rip the stuffing from its arms and stops it. Uh, Many consider that to be one of the scariest scenes in any horror movie that anybody could talk about, and it it made Poltergeist such a huge hit, mostly because people were talking about that scene in general. Um, There was another movie in the 80s called Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which... Not everything I'm going to talk about is quality. Definitely a cult classic, one of those that you kind of see just to see how bad it's going to be. It's a 1988 movie about these three aliens that land in this field. They come out, they look like circus clown performers. You could probably gather what happens from there. Um, In more recent times, there is actually an episode of Criminal Minds that deals kind of with the same theme. Uh, It's it's episode 17 of the most recent season. The heart of it is about this man who breaks into people's houses to rob them and beat the parents. And in the opening scene, a kid is actually there and reports that he saw a clown do it. So they're hunting for this and actually bring up some of the facts about the clown fear and the clown hysteria that we've had to see that kind of doesn't really make sense, but has popped up. Um, similar attacks happen all over the state so they're trying to chase them down and what it turned out to be was the unsub was a rodeo clown that was disgruntled over his brother quitting the act kind of went crazy started doing these things to get money and it escalated also more recently and this one's probably one of the biggest ones that kind of revitalized this fear in the 2000s 2010s was twisty from the american horror story series each season is an anthology that all kind of links together. So they do different things such as murder house, a asylum, things like that. So in season four, when they were dealing with a freak show circus, twisty showed up. He was a scary clown character had half his face removed. So he wore this prosthetic smile piece that made him even more frightening. Uh, his backstory was that he wanted to save the children that he encountered because he had been abused as a child so he thought all parents were going to do that and they were no fun he wanted children to be free and have candy and play games and just do whatever they wanted so he would take the children away from the parents and kind of got kind of crazy uh the next season season five was about a hotel and it actually featured john wayne gacy as a character the same actor who played twisty is John Carroll Lynch and he portrayed John Wayne. Um, so obviously, the ties to Pogo the Clown are very obvious here, with one person playing a clown and a serial killer. And then in Season 7, we focus on a cult. It's actually a cult of Twisty, where all its members dress up as killer clowns and go around terrorizing people because of this guy. There's a comic book made of Twisty. There's all this lore behind him. So this one character that was brought in for one season, he really drove the show for a few seasons there. And of course, we can't talk about clowns unless we talk about The big guy, the one that everybody knows, even if you don't know anything about the fear of clowns, even if you don't know anything about horror, you know this guy. The 1986 novel by Stephen King called It really solidified the hype that was going on in the 80s with making all these killer clowns and showing off their main character, Pennywise. Uh, Many link this to the uh, upswing of clown-related fears and clown antagonists, whereas the real-life instance, uh, the 1981 Phantom Clowns, a few other things like that kind of started, planted the seed, but this made it grow. This was... The tree that everything else is based off of the character itself can shape shift so it doesn't have to be a clown it can be anything it's actually been things like godzilla villains werewolves leper a bunch of different things but the one it chooses to be is the clown because it feels that For its prey, which are young children, they would recognize more closely to a clown. Somebody friendly, fun, silly, things like that. His signature is a red balloon, so usually when you see that you're going to know stuff and It's actually been used especially during Halloween and during the hype for the new remake in 2017. People would leave red balloons around, especially near sewers, and really drive up. In fact, a few towns had to issue bans on red balloons because people were using it to frighten other people. Uh, in the 1990 miniseries, he was portrayed by Tim Curry, and many do proclaim that his portrayal is makes him one of the scariest monsters of all time. Just the way that he could bounce between that friendly, silly character that you really believe was your friend, and it go into this monster, was just a talent of his. And for somebody that wasn't even into horror, that's one of the best parts of that. And then in the 2007 reboot, as I mentioned, it was already out, Bill Skarsgård was the new one. He tried to do what he could to separate himself from Tim Curry, not trying to outdo him or be as good, but wanted to bring a new light into the character. Uh, his costume is actually closer to what the book has detailed, so they paid a lot more attention to that. Uh, and even in the movie, they throw some more references in. There's a room that's full of clown dolls. One of the characters is absolutely scared of clowns, and he ends up trapped in this room because Pennywise sets it up for him. And you could actually see the original Pennywise as a doll, so it added a lot more creep factor. Um, essentially Pennywise is always going to be synonymous with the creepy killer clowns. As I mentioned with him, you ask anybody about scary clowns, the first person they're going to talk about is Pennywise. So all in all, you look at these and you have these characters that really, they're just most of them are trying to do their job. A lot of clowns, the people who do it, really want to just bring joy, want to be silly, want to help. So this fact that they are considered scary isn't always their fault so so in closing just always be friendly to your neighborhood clowns because you do never know when they're going to strike i hope you enjoyed the season premiere of season two of fury tales Look forward to grazing you with 12 more episodes featuring a lot of different topics that I'm excited to talk about. If you're not following me on Twitter or Instagram, I definitely recommend you do. I'm at FairyTales13 at both of those. And if you're not subscribed to this, if you found me some other way, I do Definitely would like to hear back from you some feedback, ratings, and reviews. You can follow me at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, any of your other podcasting apps. I'm there and definitely enjoy hearing from you guys. Uh, you, you can email me at Fairy Tales 616 at gmail.com. If you'd like to drop me a message, let me know what you're thinking about this show, any topics you'd like me to cover. and I am taking submissions for any work that you'd like me to read and build a theme around and discuss Uh, you can see what I have coming up and see if you want to write something original for that or you can just submit your own and we can discuss how I can do that in a future episode of course any ratings and reviews will get a shout out here so if you want to see your name up there let me know I definitely thank you again for tuning in, uh, leave some reviews and ratings, uh, get some five stars in there so more people can find these, and of course share with your friends and families. Uh, we definitely look forward to providing you some more chilling tales and fearful frights as we go through the year. Good night.